Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Sounds like uh, 10, maybe 12 pairs of boots coming down the stairs, carrying along the arseholes that are wearing them. This doesn't need to come to violence. Technically, they're still my employees. I can have them stand down. Shh, like fuck you can. They've got one priority right now, and that's to make sure you're recovered in one piece. No hostage situation on our horizon, I'm afraid. Ah, but that's the beauty of non-lethal ammunition. You don't have to be liberal in its application, nor do you have to spare the hostage their fair dose if things get hairy. Nah, don't you worry though, this is the part where it gets fun. Now be a good girl and find yourself some cover, yeah? Miss Morgan obliged the request with the sort of reluctance one might expect from someone not used to taking orders, crouching down behind the nearby cover of a concrete banister. With a step back, Johnny fell to her knee before setting her pistols down on the floor in front of her. Reaching into the folds of her long coat, she produced a handheld flash pack, a smirk finding her lips as she bounced the device in the palm of her hand before snatching it out of the air. One of the disadvantages of relying on an adrenal pump to augment your reaction time was that it not only couldn't be re-engaged too soon after use, but that it was also kind enough to leave behind a sort of numbing fatigue in its wake. It was something she was used to dealing with, but in the absence of that powerful advantage, she'd need to count on this flashback to scramble the digital optics of the incoming security team. It was the only trick she had left to swing the odds in her favor. Without any more notice or delay, the security squad trampled down the final flight of stairs only to be confronted by the cylindrical grenade sliding across the floor and in among their many booted feet, accompanied by a sly wink from the merc who'd deployed it. Sweeping up her pistols, Johnny began to unleash a barrage of steady, controlled shots in response to the wild, disoriented spray of the automatic fire coming from the blinded guards. The riot gear they wore might have been ample enough to shrug off most light ordnance, but when confronted with the sheer power of a moray pistol, the bulky armor stood as nothing more than a means of restricting the movement of the soldiers it sought to shield. In a desperate response to the electronic attack, the leader frantically tore her helmet off, letting it fall to the ground amidst the bloody bodies of the guards 
who had taken point. Helmets off, for God's sakes, would someone shoot her? Quickly rolling out of the way, the merc's lightning-quick reflexes weren't enough to save her from the tail end of the captain's retaliatory burst. With gritted teeth, she noted the telltale sting of what were commonly referred to on the streets of Arcadia as taser or snare rounds. Fortunately enough, her long coat offered some means of absorbing this otherwise very effective means of subduel. That protection wouldn't hold up under a sustained barrage though. She'd need to act fast. Leveling her pistols once again, a retaliatory shot separated the captain's arm at the elbow while a second blew out her knee. Springing up to her feet, Johnny leapt, taking to the air in an effort to quickly close the distance between herself and cover. The landing was indeed hardly a graceful one, cybernetic shoulder slamming first into the wall before sliding down hard to join Estella behind the banister. Are we having fun or what? You are right. You're shot! I thought that it was over, that I'd never get this chance again! It's a piss-poor mark that doesn't prepare to take a bullet or two. Hold on a stitch, need to return fire, so not as to lose their interest. <laughs> Needy fuckers, aren't they? Alright, so much as I'd fancy a little chat about the joys of getting shot, those high-tower budges aren't going to let up anytime soon. We're going to need to make a break for it. <gasps> a break for it? You don't mean to say you expect me to! Run, that's exactly what I mean. Better still, I want you to take the lead on it. You should make no mistake, they're probably gonna shoot you, but I'm hoping the surprise of a charging heiress might steal their trigger fingers for just long enough that I might drop a couple of the bastards before I follow you. And uh, not sugarcoating that, those snares hurt like a son of a bitch, but that jacket you're wearing will protect you from the worst of it. No matter what you do though, I need you to keep moving. Have you unpacked all that? Keep moving. I understand. Despite what you might think of me, I assure you that pain is something I'm intimately familiar with. (laughs) Now that's an attitude I can get behind. Literally, in this case. I guess there's no time like the present. Let's uh, make a thing happen. Estella surged forward, bullets impacting around her as desperation pressed her to action. From the moment she'd set to motion, it was clear that the squad had been taken aback to see the high-profile hostage charge out into live gunfire, just as Johnny had expected. It wasn't long before she was tangled in the midst of the security team as they sought to fall in to restrain the apparently panicked target. The distraction and subsequent break and fire was seemingly all Johnny needed to take advantage and make her own advancement. The thunderous shots of the twin pistols shattered the air and allowed the heiress opportunity enough to finally struggle past her would-be captors and start up the stairwell. Pain. She almost couldn't believe that it actually turned their fire onto her in the hope of immobilizing what had clearly now been assessed as an escape attempt rather than a hostage situation. The bite of the snare rounds was every bit as true as Johnny had made it out to be. But it wouldn't be enough to stop her. Not now. Run. Rise. Free yourself from your gilded cage. These were the thoughts that sped Estella Morgan past the frightening reality of her situation with the same fierceness that had propelled her former life to greatness. She would overcome this, just as she'd overcome everything else that had ever dared to get in her way. This is it. Floor 130. Come on. I'm right behind you. Keep going. I've uh, 
Got a little present I'd like to leave him. Something to remember me by. <laughs> Get on the ground! Now! Or God help me, I'll put a bullet in you! Okay, okay. Uh, no need to get carried away. Wait. Miss Morgan? Is that you? Andrew, I'm terribly sorry for all of this. We're going to require your compliance and your vehicle. I'll ensure you're reimbursed appropriately. Not exactly how I planned on doing things. Yet here we are. You'll need to drive. I'm afraid I never learned how. With wide, excited eyes, it took no further urging for Johnny to get behind the wheel of the luxury Caldwell Sentry flight car. (laughs) Part of her wanted to take a moment, to wrap both her hands around the true leather grip of the steering wheel and truly feel this vehicle. Its sleek profile, the perfect harmony of deco elegance and modern sensibility, to acknowledge that this car alone was probably more expensive than anything she'd ever owned. Keep your sports cars, Johnny thought. The Sentry was the soul of Neo-Atlantis in a can. Appreciation would have to wait, though, as she fired the unit up, the vehicle already taking to flight as the passenger door closed behind Ms. Morgan. We actually did it! We got away! Yeah, I had hold off on getting too excited about that just yet. Not to sound cliché, but that was the easy part. Gonna have zone security up our asses any second now. Hightower was pretty quick to tag us on our way in to see you, and uh, I'm sure we won't be getting a courtesy call this time around. Listen, when the shooting starts, I want you to keep your head down. The second go around, they won't be using snares. They wouldn't dare fire at us while I'm in the vehicle. You should concentrate on outrunning them. Oh, so, so you're the expert now? Well, I certainly hope you're as valuable to them as you think you are. As if on cue... The silhouette of a single Hightower branded Caldwell Interceptor fell in behind them. It was a sleek, intimidating armored charger, more than capable of a dogfight and plated enough to easily ram most commercial vehicles out of the air. A look of determination etched itself upon Johnny's face as she urged the sentry to breakneck velocity, despite the flashing hollow display urging an immediate reduction of speed and a return to sanctioned flight paths. With irritation, she swiped the warnings away before banking deep into the guts of Megaris. The decadent skyscrapers of the district seemed to zip past them as the luxury car and its pilot went in search of improvised obstacles in hopes of shaking the unflinching pursuer. Clenching her teeth, she let desperation take the wheel, flying in low to strafe the underside of an idling cruise line pleasure barge with the intent of creating some distance between herself and their tail, if not it completely losing them in the process. Clearing past the mast of the resort ship with little more to show of it than a scraped undercarriage, the stunt brought only a split second of relief as the interceptor once again fell in behind them without any sign of stress or difficulty. Persistent little shit. Didn't even give them a sweat for all that work. Oh, they're a better pilot than I, so I guess it's a damn good thing you're too important to risk... spot now, aren't we? This little beauty we're sitting in is meant to stave off light arms fire at most. Isn't going to stand up against an interceptor. So, do you plan it is? Take the wheel. 
Did I not express myself adequately when I plainly stated that you were so bloody privileged to have never touched a steering wheel for not one but two lifetimes? You made that very clear. Consider this your first lesson then. Just hold the wheel steady and keep us from running into any buildings, alright? What are you going to... You're going to shoot back, aren't you? I'm not thrilled about it, but yeah, I'm going to send some bullets their way. Remember what I said? Keep it steady. The door slid up, and with it so did Johnny. Determination erased any hesitation as she extended her cybernetic arm, as well as the pistol it held, to the following interceptor. With each pull of the trigger, she watched the powerful shots of the moray impact into the fighter's armor without any noticeable effect. Ducking back into the Lux car to eject her spent ammo cartridge, she took a moment to slide a new one into place while formulating a new plan. If that armor was too thick, she'd need to go for glass instead. The sloped windows of the chasing car made that a tough shot, but one that she was going to have to make if she hoped to put this job behind her. With a grunt, she returned to a standing position, the iris of her cyber eye sliding into place to zoom and shift its focal range before finally locking onto her target and the familiar face of the enemy driver as well as the predatory smirk she wore. Therapy bail. Fuck. It was as if the assassin could sense the coming danger, raising the car's nose at the last minute to put her out of Johnny's vision. The bullets harmlessly pinged off the armored underbelly of the vehicle. With a speed that proved she could have overtaken the sentry at any point, Derby powered into a position above them, eclipsing the hijacked car in her shadow. What's happening? Did we lose them? Ha, that'd be a gift. She's uh, above us. Give it here. I've got the wheel. Okay, you uh, you might want to hold on. Oh. Oh, uh, and she's ramming us from above. What is it belly flopping at this point? Do you think you can belly flop with a car? Are you sure that this is the best time for amateur comedy? Not really. But I'm fresh out of ideas. See, if it was a cop, I'd have let them eat in our wake a long time ago. But it isn't. Uh, You remember that big money assassin I'd mentioned earlier? Seems like she found a ride of her own. That was the rear fender. Another drop like that and she'll have a thruster. And after that, we're going to drop out of the air, spinning like a top. Uh, You know, maybe that's not such a bad idea given our current situation. What? Can't you do something? Well, you can bet your ass I'm going to try. Raising her hand to the vehicle's hollow menu, Johnny deftly scanned through the available options before landing on an emergency shutdown. After acknowledging and quickly accepting that it was indeed unsafe and not recommended to shut a flight car down when in motion, the engines of the vehicle suddenly switched off, just in time for the vehicle to drop out of range of Derby's next ram. With hands tightly locked on the wheel in front of her, that momentary sense of weightlessness greeted them before giving way to the gut-wrenching G-force that soon followed as the battered car plummeted from the sky. The panic of her passenger was a distant concern as she raised a shaking hand to reboot the vehicle's engines as they squealed against the forces of gravity. Hold on! We're going to be landing hard on top of the brake wall! Engage in emergency landing protocol! No! You've been listening to part one of Cybernautica episode 7.0, Only Waves as Witness. 
Make sure to return on February 28th for part two of this mega episode. Cybernautica Breakwall is produced by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode featured the voice talents of Abigail Turner as Johnny, Veronica Pierce as Estella Morgan, Katie as Guard Captain, narration by Dan Bowd, and script editing courtesy of Jupiter Sanders. Cybernautica is written, designed, and edited by Damien Sidlow. Our show is 100% fan-supported, no sponsors or ads, so if you like what you've heard here, please consider stopping by CybernauticaPod.com to find out how you can back the show, as well as the cool stuff that you can get for getting behind us. A special thank you to Girl in Space's Sarah Ray Werner and her Podcast Now Masterclass for helping light the fire that turned into this story. Thank you for joining us this episode, and welcome to Neo-Atlantis. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, Maria Kennedy from Hero Trackers here to tell you about a special report we've been working on at Hero Track Media. With the help of my producer Shayna, we are going to reveal the life story of a mysterious hero that as far as we can tell, has never been covered by a media outlet before. Subscribe to this podcast feed to learn more about this hero and the strange circumstances surrounding their life and career, and how they might be connected to your favorite heroes. Coming soon from Hero Track Media, Vigil. Vigil, Season 1, an audio fiction superhero thriller in 10 parts from All In Productions. Featuring Haley Sanfilippo as Maria Kennedy and Adam Kudashat as Vigil. Subscribe or follow to make sure you're the first to know about Vigil. Vigil.